can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. This is where the fun begins. Hello and welcome to Jedi Knights, the official Star Wars podcast for Joy Clicks. My name is Mike Connors, and as always, I have my co-pilot joining me through the holonet, Christian Buckley. How are you, man? I'm doing well, Mike. This is thanks to, you know, a daylight savings, whatever it is. This is a Jedi Knights at night. It has been a minute since we've had one of these, but... Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> it is dark outside. <laughs> well, it's it's funny, too, because I think it literally just turned super dark within the past, like, ten minutes. Yes, it did. It absolutely did. <laughs> Because, like, I haven't looked, I haven't turned around <laughs> in, yeah. like, ten minutes. And, yeah, no, yeah, totally. Totally. This is, um, I feel like we started off this podcast. We used to do it in, in person in the studio around, like, the fall time. So, like, that's, like, we would really record at night at that point. But, yeah, during the summer, like, it gets to be, like, we're recording Jedi Nights at, like, 5 p.m. and sunny outside. Yeah, man. Well, now that we've said this, I have to look at something quickly because I remember we started Jedi Knights. Our first episode, I think, was like early October, maybe the first week of October, at least for the recording. So this might be like two years, this episode. Oh, my God. Wouldn't it be more than two years? I don't know. No, because that was 29. This would be three years. Jesus Christ. Hold on. We've been doing this for three years, Christian? Okay. October 4th, 2019 was the first release of the episode so i think wow. we i think we recorded in sept like end of september and it was released it was the title of the episode is kylo ren's origin george lucas is sad and the phantom menace reviewed jedi knights number one. Oh my god <laughs> that's nuts three years congrats mike look at us congratulations christian um yeah it's been a pleasure obviously um here's to three more fucking years of doing this hell yeah dude absolutely um but that's crazy man that's like so serendipitous like i didn't even really think i i, I didn't really think about that that's that's pretty crazy three whole years man it's yeah. been a, it's been a ride i i've loved every second of it though me too man it, i i love doing the show i love having the conversations about star wars uh because i think the good thing is like star wars when i was younger disappeared for so long right after the trilogy was done uh, the prequel trilogy and then you know clone wars took a couple of years and even then like i wasn't super on top of that so it just felt like star wars was kind of over um totally yeah yeah and just being able to have even like scraps to talk about every week there's at least one thing every week you know that's like it's it's wild how far star wars has come and i always love talking about it on this year's show so yeah, we're definitely in the uh, Star Wars Renaissance, the Star uh, Star Renaissance. I don't know. I was trying to make a portmanteau of Star mm -hmm. Wars and Renaissance. Anyways, uh, yeah. Uh, even like, I, that's the thing I love most about the show is that it, it never feels like a chore to like come up with something. I feel like oh, we we're, we're both we're both super passionate about Star Wars, so it's just really easy to just talk about it mm -hmm. um, and. Yeah, like even you're right. Even when there are slow news weeks, I feel like we still bust out like long episodes, yeah. just like talking about theories or something like that. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's just a lot of fun to talk about. Honestly, like Star Wars is a big part of my life and a big part of your life too. So it's just fun to to talk about this and have an outlet for it. I think always. Hell yeah! 
Um, but anyways, man, how have you been? Uh, we just recorded game, uh, sorry, the Hall of Game uh, yesterday. Yes, this and is that, the that winner's was... circle right here, Mike. That's what this is. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you brought Resident Evil 4, um, and I brought game dev story mm-hmm. um which is like kind of like a mobile game uh which is funny because i feel like that's the first mobile game that ever made it into the hall game regardless everybody else brought some great picks mm-hmm. there was some really awesome content if you haven't watched it definitely go check it out for sure it was a blast it was a fun stream always love doing those uh next one is coming up in december and there's still no star wars games inducted and yeah i like you said light week but we usually find time to talk i i'm just curious about your perspective on this mike because jack our friend of the show has appeared on the show jack martin he is the only member of the order consisting of you me jack omar nakvi and kevin diaz who's brought a star wars game he brought star wars battlefront 2 og he did that's right now inside baseball have you ever like, what's your process? Have you ever considered bringing a Star Wars game? Is, oh, yeah. Is there, oh, yeah. is there a hang-up there? Because I've, you know, kicked around the idea before, but I, I haven't... I don't think it's ever been my first choice whenever I'm trying to think of a game to bring. Um, Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Like, the, I've played a lot of really great Star Wars games, mm-hmm. but, like, there are just a lot of other games that have made, like, probably more of an impact on me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of defaulted to bring, bringing those first. Mm-hmm. Have I have I ever thought about bringing a Star Wars game? Like, yes. And, like, will I at some point? Like, definitely. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's, there's one that you and I both know very well oh, that sure. I am, uh, you know, considering bringing... <laughs> um sooner rather than later it was also it's also a thing of like the star wars games like they mean so much to me that it's like i i wouldn't want to bring it without knowing that it could like have a good chance of winning sure and like i don't know there's just like i don't i don't want it to see it i don't want to see it lose so maybe there's a little part of me that's like trying to protect its uh, sanctity you know (laughs) i for sure understand that and like because i mean i i love uh kingdom hearts and i am never gonna bring any of them because i know nobody else in the order would ever bring kingdom hearts if i didn't get it in so if i don't if i mess up it's gone forever i will say resident evil 4 is like my second favorite resident evil game but i feel like it deserves to be in there more than my favorite so i'm I'm definitely one for fighting for something that I feel should be in there, even if it's not my favorite game of all time. So if you don't have to worry, you know, you, you might have a second shot and I'm sure there's other people on that panel that would probably bring that game as well. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not worried about it. Uh, one of these days we'll get around to it. Yeah. Um, we're talking, yeah, about, I, we're talking I, about KOTOR, right? <laughs> yes. We're talking about KOTOR. We're, we're talking about Night Sealed Republic. Um, we will, yeah, that will show up at some point when yeah, I'm I don't sure know. it will. Uh it's just it's just it has to be the right time. And and honestly, I have to be ready for it. Yeah. <laughs> um bringing bringing games to the Hall of Game, you know, that that's no that's nothing to 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 laugh at. That's a serious that's a serious thing. You got to be ready. Oh, absolutely. Gotta, yeah. So, you know. Anyways, um definitely go check that out if you haven't watched it if you weren't able to tune in it's a lot of fun we do it every single quarter it seems every season of the year so four times a year 
Um, and I can't wait to, for the next one for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why don't we start off, Christian, as we always do with uh, From the Jedi Archives. This is a segment where Christian and I both consult the sacred Jedi texts. We rifle through its old pages and we find a piece of Star Wars lore, uh, whether that's canon or legends, to bring to the table and educate one another on. Um, when I mean the sacred Jedi text, I mean wikipedia.com. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, Christian, what'd you bring? I brought Permacrete. Permacrete? Yes, Permacrete. It is nice. one word, P-E-R-M-A-C-R-E-T-E. Permacrete was a building compound. It was used in the construction of many things, including floors and courtyard foundations. Despite being known for its strength, even two meter thick permacrete could not stand up to a lightsaber. Um, let's see here. This is just an anecdote. Uh, da, 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 da. One quality about permacrete is that it required a large quantity of water, which is sometimes scarce and impractical to ship around. Uh, another quality of it is that it is bulky, requiring large vessels to transport it, thus causing many systems to use their own drastically inferior local variations. And in Padme Amidala's opinion, um, it is the most boring subject of this discussion in the galaxy. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, uh, I could just imagine her being in like a bunch of Senate, you know, committee meetings about like the... the the trading of permacrete or something like that yeah man or even like queen days trying to figure out like the roads for the, the palace you know feed infrastructure like must have been boring definitely. as a 14 year old you know De definitely uh yeah it really calls into question why do those naboo people put uh children <laughs> in positions of power uh gotta love it you know yeah. but um Let's see appearances. Oh, it's it's appeared all over the place. And honestly, this did feel like something that would have been introduced in New Canon. Um, it was in Queen's Shadow. It's in a bunch of higher public things. Catalyst, a Rogue One novel. Um, a bunch of the Thrawn books. So, Permacree. Yeah, I've, I've heard of it. I, I, that's that's interesting, though, that it like didn't really exist before the New Canon, though. Yeah, I mean... It makes sense, I think, you know, like new canon's gotten like so deep in the weeds to <laughs> things on the level of infrastructure, right? That I think it would make sense to have like an equivalent of a brick. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but that is my pick roasted by Padme Amidala as I read through the article. So what did you bring? Yeah, that's the worst kind of uh, worst kind of insult roasted by Padme. Yeah. Um, honored I brought, yeah <laughs> uh, i brought verbo brain um so a verbo brain was a type of processing unit that could be found in certain protocol droids um examples of verbo brains include the aa1 verbo brain the aa5 verbo brain and in the legends uh material there were sphere uh sphere shaped parts of droids uh, that functioned as central processors. So it has this interesting diagram where it's like the central processing unit where, um, you know, it's connected to the protocol droid's eyes and all that kind of stuff. So it's pretty interesting that this, uh, 
what makes our the protocol droids in Star Wars go is this uh, this mechanical brain here. Yeah, that's interesting. So is that like, would 3PO have one then? Yeah, so 3PO has one of these. Okay, um, so that's what, uh, what is his name? Babu Freak was uh, tampering with? Yeah, actually, that's that's interesting, probably. Um, the, it shows here on this uh, diagram that there is like an access port on the back of the head, which mm-hmm. I think, um, which I think is where like Babu Frick was like messing with sure. C-3PO. Um, and now that I'm thinking about it, like, I think C-3PO has got like a little circle on the back of his head. Where he, he definitely does. Have. Yeah. Yeah. So that's part of it. Um, there's like a little piece that sort of, uh, is like kind of shapes the forehead a little bit. Um, so yeah, it's just, um, it's just a brain, but you know made out of mechanical parts and stuff i think it's pretty cool yeah i also think it's interesting that in a lot of science fiction and star wars included it seems like a lot of designers create artificial intelligence like like robotic ones with uh important data centers in like places where our vital organs are that's always just very interesting to me you know Super interesting. Yeah. Um, there's this funny anecdote here from the canon uh, part of this. After Darth Vader informed Princess Leia Organa that the Galactic Senate had been disbanded and she was thus no longer a senator, it shocked her so badly that she lost her desire to insult him by comparing him with a protocol droid that was missing crucial parts of its verbo brain. That's funny. <laughs> um, it's kind of interesting too because like going kind of back to what you said about Oh, like, you know, these human biological parts have, like, their, um, you know, their 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 counterpart, I guess, yeah. when it comes to droids. Darth Vader, for the longest time, a lot of people weren't sure whether he was, like, you know, a robot or a man. Um, so. That's a good point. For, for maybe he, maybe um, some people thought back in the day that he had a Verbo brain, dude. Maybe. Maybe he does maybe he does have some part of a verbo brain. I don't know. Yeah, he's got a big chunk of his scalp missing, dude, so maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Good pick. Interesting pick. Yeah. Good picks all around. Always love this segment. Oh um, yeah. Never gets old. Never gets old. Um anyways, let's get into the news before we talk about Andor episode five. Uh the newest episode of Andor. Christian, we got a poster for Star Wars Tales of the Jedi, the Clone Wars style animated TV show that is going to give us some some vignettes of famous Jedi that we know, like Ahsoka Tano and uh, Count Dooku before he was Count Dooku. Um, So definitely pretty cool. This this poster to me looks awesome. What do you think? Yeah, I think it looks sick. Uh, it's a very cool poster. I'm wondering if this is mainly just going to be focused on these two characters and like their immediate circles. So the fact that this is touching on Clone Wars era characters and like when the case of Count Dooku and Qui-Gon like prequel adjacent characters. Um, like I wonder how in depth they'll go with the surrounding cast if this does well like visions does maybe we get another season down the line but the reason i think these things is because when you look at this poster it's very front and center 
Left side is Ahsoka. Right side is Count Dooku. So, or is that Qui-Gon? I was wondering if it was Qui-Gon, because I did see a Count Dooku-looking guy down the, at the bottom, so maybe it is Qui-Gon. I would imagine... Okay, so the, the way that I'm kind of visualizing this show is that it's just going to be like, you know, multiple episodes, but it's just going to basically show us like two arcs, you mm -hmm. know? Like, one surrounding Ahsoka and, and all that, and then like one in the past with Count Dooku and Qui-Gon. I'm... Uh, to me that's like that's what it seems like it's going to be i don't think they're going to be interconnected at all i don't oh, know if no. you have a thought of, i don't know if you have a thought about that or like i think that would be cool if this does well for that that would be a good avenue and a good uh medium for lucasfilm to sort of tell different stories about jedi um without having to get like too in the weeds about it and just like you know give people three episodes of something right mm. like show us uh Show us Anakin's training, right, between yeah. episodes one and two or something. Like, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, it, it seems like it's going to be sort of, like, bifurcated like that. Yeah, I, I think that's the case. That's what I'm expecting, at least, especially because they're dropping all the episodes at once for this. Um, and from the episode previews we've seen and, like, what we've heard about it with the Ahsoka one, like, there's one where it's, like, focused on her mother and Ahsoka is just a little baby. Um so yeah. I imagine it's like, yeah, each episode is a different time period in this character's life, probably with an overarching theme that ties each like the three episodes together more than a narrative that ties them together. Um, yeah. And I would imagine on the, the Qui-Gon side, it's probably young Dooku, Dooku and Qui-Gon in one of the, the battles they fought in the like flashbacks in Master and Apprentice. And then maybe qui-gon as a master teaching um obi-wan when he was a, a youngling or something for an episode so that's my expectation but like you i think there's a lot of potential moving forward uh hopefully if this is received well that we get to dance around with a bunch of different characters because there's so many amazing beloved characters right like everybody loves ahsoka and there's so much ahsoka content but, like, getting more Ahsoka is always good for me, personally. Yeah. <laughs> me um, too. Like, she's my second favorite character in the whole saga. So, like, getting, a, like, another three-episode arc that it's Ashley Eckstein coming back, doing a more comprehensive, like, check-in at multiple points in her life is a cool concept. And on the other side, with the Qui-Gon stuff, we don't have a lot of, like, adapted material of Qui-Gon. There's, like the phantom menace a, a couple episodes of clone wars and spoilers the three seconds he's in the kenobi show and a couple books but like having like a three episode thing where he is either supporting or main character is great so moving forward like tells the jedi season two maybe we cover plo koon and mace windu or we cover leia in her jedi training for three episodes and um i don't know who's another character like cal kestis you know like that could True. there's potential True. here totally man and even like there's even potential to take this art style and tell stories about jedi that we're not like that familiar with you know definitely like let's see uh let's see like an ayla secura like i don't know her her, her her 
her training or something like that you know like yeah. it doesn't it doesn't have to be like the characters that we know i'm happy that it is for this first go around because i think mm-hmm. that'll help drum up interest and, and whatnot but um yeah it's just like there there are a lot of cool there are a lot of different things they could do with this concept mm-hmm. i kind of liken it almost to like what if in a way like it's this is canon um and, and what if is not canon but it's just like the same sort of vibe where you could just sort of use that as a canvas to like explore a lot of things that you wouldn't necessarily have the uh the reason to do otherwise yeah so i i hope that this is not just a one-off because like you're saying the the promise so far of checking in at different points in a character's life I think would go a very long way to flesh out some of these characters that we only have anecdotes about, or um, maybe some asides in some novels, right? Like um, obviously the council has a host you could draw from, and this is leaning prequel heavy with its two main stories for this first drop. But yeah, I agree with you. There's tons of potential to explore different periods. Um, so I would I would love that, and I really do hope that similar two visions it's received well, and they want to do more with this concept because it's a really great blank canvas of a concept. I think definitely, I I totally agree. And also the poster is dope. Yeah, it's, a, it's um, such a cool poster. Yeah, it it's like reminiscent of the original Star Wars poster with the hands uh, and the lightsaber outstretching, but it kind of creates. Uh, along with like um, you know profile shots of some of the characters, it creates the Jedi Order symbol, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's just really cool. <laughs> you know what would also be great if we did a What's season that? two, Tales of the Jedi, one half of that poster, season two, Finn. Finn, yeah, dude, that would be awesome. Right, actually. this is where they could do something like that, though. Yeah, because you don't have to commit an, an entire budget to, like, a full season of a new show you're launching with, like, recasting everybody and telling a comprehensive story about, you know, the sequel characters. It's like, okay, you have Finn, who maybe there's an episode of him from his youth, shows him being taken by stormtroopers, and before that, maybe alluding to the fact that he's Force-sensitive as a child, jump ahead to his initial training with Ray, and then the final episode is like a mission that the two run as masters together, right? Like, that'd be sweet. That would be so cool, Christian. <laughs> this is, see, this is what I'm saying. Like, there's so much potential with this concept that I really hope it's received well. And I think leading with Ahsoka is probably a good, <laughs> a safe bet that it's going to get received well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they want people's eyes on it, you got to put Ahsoka on that. Yeah, and the, so. the all-at-once drop, I think, is also... An interesting choice like do you think you're gonna blitz all six of these or yes yeah probably <laughs> I, I might do two nights i might do an ahsoka night and then a qui-gon night that's that's probably that's probably the more the wiser decision mm-hmm. the more um the more adult decision but um yeah i have no self-control so i'm just gonna watch all <laughs> no for sure there's a good chance that when i sit down and finish the ahsoka arc i'm like well want more of that you know so yeah exactly well i'm looking forward to it man it looks great um can't can't wait can't wait so that's coming out october 26th all of the episodes so yes good to i know. will be on a trip 
when this releases so oh i'll be able to watch it still i'll still be able to watch it don't worry okay i was gonna say christian come on (laughs) (laughs) moving on to our next story before we talk about andor episode five uh we have some news from bestman bulletin um so take it with a bit of a grain of salt but they've been pretty good with with scoop and stuff um they're reporting that Acolyte is uh, going to be filming starting this month, October October 2022 to May 2023. Um, so to me, this is good news, obviously. Like, it's good to know that this is starting to, to, to ramp up. Um, but I don't think we're going to be seeing anything of this until 2024. And I think on a previous episode, we kind of talked about um, where we expect all these shows to be coming in. Uh, I think next year it's pretty heavily, heavily uh, taken over by Mandalorian, Ahsoka, and maybe even Skeleton Crew. Um, Acolyte, I don't think we'll see this until 2024, though. Yeah, I think that's a safe bet. Um, also, funny we're talking about 2024 right now because I just got an email from Disney Plus talking about future content, um, like a coming soon banner, and leading it is yeah. Tales of the Jedi. And they do throw a little nod out there to uh, Mandalorian and Secret Invasion from Marvel for 2023. So, yeah, I think you're right. You know, next year seems pretty tapped in terms of releases. So it would make sense for them to start production soon. We've heard a lot of casting uh, rumors and rumblings and announcements for the Acolyte over the last summer. So probably, you know. I would believe it. I'd believe they'd start this month and yeah. move ahead for the next what eight months, nine months. So yeah, it's it's it seems reasonable to me. Yeah, um, yeah I'm excited for this one though. This is the High Republic show. Um, we we know like nothing about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, there's been some casting, like you said. But yeah, this is this is good good stuff. Absolutely, and if you know the other shows are anything to go by i'm sure we'll see like at least some sort of production teaser like we had for andor uh at some point next year maybe like a disney plus day in 2023 drop that get a little tidbit about it i'm sure we'll you know learn a bit more as we get through their production but yeah 2024 kicking off maybe with acolyte hell yeah Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Probably Andor Season 2 also. Well, yeah, I think Andor Season 2 probably, like, fall of 2024. Yeah. Uh, just based off of the production for Season 1. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I'm excited. Let's talk about let's talk about Andor Episode 5, shall we? Let's do it. Um, okay. So, this episode's called The Axe Forgets. Um, it, it seems to be... And, and I'm not sure, but it seems to be episode two of a three or four episode arc. Um, we are uh, still following Cassian as he is on uh, the planet uh, Aldani, and he is trying to gain the trust of a team of uh, uh, mercenaries, basically trying to steal, to infiltrate an Imperial base and steal their payroll. Um we continue that story in this episode. We also get some good uh, 
Mon Mothma drama, some good political Mon Mothma drama, which I thought was fun. Um, and yeah, overall, I, I thought this was a great continuation of what they set up in episode four. It's obviously like leaning towards something. It's taking its time. Um, and I, I appreciate that. It has great writing. Um, it's very descriptive. It, the characters are interesting. I, I'm just loving it, man. I'm, I'm, lo- I'm loving it. I am too. I, I really am enjoying this show. I think it is just a show that's not afraid to like stew. And I can't say that about many other Star Wars shows or many other Disney Plus shows so far, honestly, um, across the board. But like, I, I think sometimes you, you run into an issue with a show like taking its time on something and it feels unjustified. But for me, at least here, I think with the proof of that first three episode drop, they earned every single ounce of trust I have in that everything is meaningful and we're building somewhere. So I think you're right that this is most likely a three or four episode arc that we're going through here. Um, Regardless, like whatever action comes from next week's episode, there will probably be um, a dedicated episode dealing with the fallout of that because they have built in time to allow themselves for that. And, you know, transitioning from that, first three episodes which did feel really self-contained um and seeing where cassian and his character arc and other characters who popped up you know from those first three episodes have also been progressing or uh spiraling in some cases um i i think it's nice to see this show have isolated stakes that are focused on the characters more so than like earth shattering plot stakes the way that um i'd say other star wars projects have uh rogue one for sure leans into the the stakes of the plot and the galaxy more so to me at least than the characters where here it's like yeah you know cassian is safe but the show is great with its dialogue with its like silence at building tension and you have no idea which character is going to drop dead, you know, at any point as you're watching this show. So totally, I really appreciate that's, that about it. That's why it kind of reminds me of Game of Thrones. I know you've never seen Game of Thrones, but I've like seen a couple seasons, but not yeah, not comprehensively. Oh, oh okay. I, I'm sorry, I didn't realize that you saw just just the first two, maybe even like one and a half. I don't remember. No, but but I mean that's enough to get the vibe. You oh know? yeah, like, yeah. And I feel like it's similar in that way, right? Like it's very character driven. Um, every character seems to have their own uh, either motivation or just worldview, and, and they're, they're, take, they're taking the time to make that known to the viewer. Um, and each character that they've shown so far, even the ones that are like, you know, quote unquote bad, there are things you can sympathize with. And I think that that is good writing. Um, and this show is definitely doing that. Yeah. Like, I hate, um, what's his name? Serial Karn or Cyril whatever. Karn, yeah. I also is it funny that cereal eats cereal in this episode? Oh, I was gonna say like, what's up with the space like cocoa puffs? That's some crazy stuff. So, I I might be forgetting, but I feel like I've seen some beverage from Batu that has like cereal in it. I I never I definitely didn't order that, but like I feel like I've seen that before. So that's what I thought of when I saw that. But um, 
Yeah, I don't like him at all, like, as I'm supposed to, but I think what I appreciate about the way he's written and uh, the Empire uh, person that I'm forgetting their name, um, Daedra, right? Yeah, Daedra. Daedra, yeah. Um, They feel like well-established without delving too deep into it like they feel fully realized and we're just like seeing this real person who's kind of bad just doing things the way they think they should be doing them you know like the way they carry themselves and the way they interact with others they feel like three-dimensional characters um doing very like evil things and pursuing a character who we're rooting for so yeah i i agree with the from what I can, you know, compare to with the Game of Thrones comparison, where this show is living in the gray a lot, but even the characters I hate feel well realized. So, I, totally. I think that's it's a like good mark, like you said. Definitely, it's like you know when I feel like the show really demonstrated that when like you know Cyril Carn gets like fired and he goes home to his mom, you know, like that's just like pretty basic stuff and mm. it's like oh it just makes it feel lived in makes it feel real um, yeah. and the relationships feel real and yeah i totally get what you're saying i i don't know what it is about him i think it might just be the performance and like kudo i don't know the name of the actor but like respect because i am just so unsettled because he feels like a dangerous person that i've probably crossed paths with paths with in my life you know like yeah. one bad day you know, and then something's going down. Like, that's what it feels like yeah. watching him and seeing him spiral. So, like, huge credit to the performance and the way that that character's arc is progressing slash devolving. But, like, um, yeah, I, I think this show, one of the biggest strengths so far is that the Empire and Empire sympathizers feel like genuinely bad people watching yep. this. Or, like, people capable of doing evil things where... In a lot of the other movies, like, yeah, planet blows up, right? Like, yeah, what's it? Hux destroys, like, an entire solar system. But, like, he's also being, like, yucky, you know? He's, he's, right. like, he's like a little caricature of a, you know, a German it's soldier. Thing. So, yeah. And, I mean, the Empire has always been that, but I think the best thing this show is doing so far is like you're saying about human not humanizing them but making them feel real making them feel like real people it's making the the bad things they're doing feel so much worse even if it's not the worst thing we've seen a villain do in star wars i guess totally i mean i i would i would even go as far to say that it does humanize them i think that's important right like especially with cyril like i don't know like we probably all had bad days and like mm. you know if, if, we're, if we're lucky and everything like we have you know family to go home to and like it's just kind of funny like you can relate to that right <laughs> like so um regardless like obviously he's a bad guy you're seeing his devolution you're seeing him fall from grace but then like it's also hard not to sympathize with him because he's honestly just like written pretty well <laughs> like so that's something that i really uh appreciate about this this show mm -hmm. so far um yeah but 
I just want to throw out there too. I, I think so far outside of, you know, just the fact that this show is confident in taking its time and like immediately like showing why it's worth taking its time. Um, I, I think the way it's handling the empire in terms of just like feeling like they're actually intimidating um, despite being like buffoons at times is a huge credit to, you know, like you're saying the writing, but um also really love how the uh you know foundations of the rebellion and like cassian's integration into this group is being handled because i i really am loving that too um more so even than how the empire is being handled definitely um so i i guess like one of the most striking parts about this whole episode to me was just the um the back and forth on Aldani with 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 Andor and the group of rebels, um, and and Andor trying to keep up his facade up until a certain point where eventually he's just kind of like, like screw it, like I'm just a mercenary, I'm here for the money, like that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it is interesting to sort of see him have to go through that the whole rigmarole of of hiding his identity. Um, and I guess that, in a way, that that pushes him to to realize, you know, what he wants to fight for. So, like, whereas he he was pretty passive about like the whole the whole um, operation, it seems that at the end, like, he truly wants it to go well. I don't know if that's for the money, but it seems like it's kind of getting to a point where he's actually starting to believe in the cause a little bit, um, just with the you know interactions that he has with some of the. The rebels uh one of them goes like super like marxist communist on him (laughs) uh which i thought was like really funny and awesome um you know skier or or, or scheme or uh skeen sorry he has like the tattoos and he tells him of his brother and it's just i think we're starting to see cassian and or like understand what the rebels are trying to do Mm -hmm. and i think we're starting to see him sort of start to buy into that more than just being there for the money understand that he has a skill and there's a purpose for that now yeah the the money thing was a little like i i understand that like you know you, you got to start casting from somewhere that we really don't know him from but even from like the first episode i i really felt like he he genuinely enjoys screwing over the empire, right? Like obviously, that what's the Joker quote? If you're good at something, don't do it for free, right? But like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like, I I I think it it works for the way they're like handling it. But I I I guess I was a little surprised of like how long they held on to that idea of like I'm in it for the money because there's the really great speech he has when he's talking to um, Luthen in the warehouse. Talk, like when he's saying like, oh, they're so proud, like just pretend like you belong there. Like that whole sequence, like the performance that he gave there really made me feel like, yeah, Cassian likes ruining the Empire's days, you know? And like likes sho- like shoving their face in what they are. So... Uh, I'm glad we're still building to like flesh that out a little bit, but um, that was a, a small, small little thing that I was like, okay, sure, yeah, he's in it for the money, you know. Yeah, I mean, do you think it's maybe possible that he's trying to keep his guard up around these that, people? That was the other thing. I I was wondering if like, it's just like he's 
he's too good you know he's like oh you got me yeah i'm here for the money but like that's the cover i wonder if that's what it was like i think i was also getting that impression too yeah um i i think he's he's obviously really good at what he does right he ends up being a spy and everything like that right so it's hard to, to not like taint your your uh you know analysis of the show yeah. <laughs> with like ro- with like rogue one and stuff and like knowing where he ends up yeah for sure um but like knowing yeah it's impossible knowing that though right like Mm -hmm. that just makes me believe that maybe he's just trying to just assuage assuage their fears right just be like listen here like i'm here for the money whatever like don't worry about it like i'm all in Mm -hmm. but but now you know my quote-unquote motivation even though like i think he's i think he's kind of you know it's not black and white. I think that, yeah, probably partially he's doing it for the money, but also partially there's a part of him that wants to just screw over the empire. Like you're saying, and it's just easier to explain to everybody else when he's just like, yep, I'm here for the money. Like yeah. <laughs> that, that was the read I landed on that. It was like kind of a cover. Um, but I'm curious to see if they continue to develop that in any way. But th- yeah, the reason like what you're saying, I, I did feel a little suspicious about it was cause like, We've spent specifically the first arc, but like even four episodes with him just being like super into the idea of just being like, oh, we get to like screw some shit up. Yeah, let's do that. I, I don't like these right. people. So. Right. Well, I, I really thought that all of the the whole the whole set piece of just like, you know, the the rebels and like they have to like go through this arduous journey together. It's kind of symbolic mm-hmm. um, as they, as they near closer and closer to launching like this really dangerous operation. Right. Um, and it's cool to see how, how Clem or Cassian kind of navigates the relationships and starts to earn their trust. Um, so I, obviously I, I, well, not obviously, but I'm pretty sure next next episode we're going to be seeing the actual infiltration of the base um that would be my guess it seems yeah. like that's just the that's the natural evolution of this i i uh, would think so yeah because like again i don't know how there's been so many quotes about season one and season two of this show before they came out but like even if it is like the rest of the show is just sort of a continuous story rather than like arc based i do think that there's probably going to be like you said action next week and then a fallout of that for at least an episode and that will probably either tee up the second half of the show or continue ramping you know and like escalating the uh you know chase from the empire towards cassian so i'm excited to see it happen regardless you know i love heists got a heist next week oh yeah that sounds like it, you know. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of like that's like the a plot, I would say, of this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Would you say so? Yeah, 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 for sure. We get some. We get some interesting stuff with Mon Mothma. We get to like meet more of her immediate family. We get to meet her daughter, who's kind of like gives off a vibe like dad's so much cooler than mom, like kind of thing, yeah. <laughs> like um so she's obviously having issues uh just with her own family which i think is really interesting um it's kind of interesting to see her her go through that um and yeah 
from from what I from what I can remember at, at least, there wasn't really much with Mon Mothma, but you know, some people start to uh, show her that they may be that they're kind of skeptical of her, right? There's like mm. that one guy. Um, yeah, I, I I think what they're doing with Mon Mothma is interesting, right? Because there's only, especially now in this time period, so much that she can do that. I, I think fleshing her out a bit more and showing more of her personal life and how that is either at odds or um, creating opportunities where she could be hesitant for pursuing more involvement directly and not in the spotlight, but, you know, like more heavily involved with the rebellion is an interesting conflict to have with her who, at least in the films and... I guess now the series we all know mon mothma right and there's obviously books that really dive into her as a character but seeing that um that sort of conflict and like showing the life of somebody in this position similar to what we got with luthan in the last episode um i think is cool you know and kind of what we were talking about with what we would like to see from tales of the jedi you know, it's living proof right here. Just flesh out a character who we've known forever, but don't really know. So I like this. Yeah, me too. Um, Yeah, we get some, we get a little bit of uh, Dedra um, sort of trying to get to the bottom of how her star path unit was stolen. Um, they start to suspect that there's like a pattern uh, with, with um, people stealing stuff from the empire and yeah, it just sort of sets up a lot of these interesting sort of uh, plot points. Cyril has like an uncle who can help him sort of get out of the rut that he's in. Um, and yeah, it seems to really just be building up to um, the operation on Aldani. Um, and I think that's at some at some point, all of these uh, stories are going to intertwine with one another. Yeah. And I imagine that's probably going to be either the catalyst or, you know, the actual finale of the show. So either setting up the, the final few episodes or the the end of the season. I think you're right. All right. Well, is there anything else you want to say about this episode? Like we said, um, it was very just story heavy, I guess. Um, kind of slow. Kind of slow. But... Uh, awesome just just a great great episode yeah I, I think that covers everything that i felt about it um i really enjoyed it i'm curious to evaluate next week these three episodes to see if comprehensively with these three it feels any way similar to what the first three episodes were um because i we've talked about this a lot, right? Like with the, the clone wars, having that being arc based, I feel like that's both of our preference for star Wars TV so far. Like Mandalorian's great, but it's only like eight episodes. So they can kind of get away with like, you know, doing whatever week to week. But yeah. Um, I think this is when star Wars is most compelling is when they're able to tell these like almost movie length, like, hour and a half length stories so like that a lot 
Agreed, man. Agreed. I'm excited for next week. I hope it's action packed. Um, seems like it's gonna be. Can't wait to talk about it. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, why don't you take us out to see Christian? Sure thing, Mike. Where can everybody find you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Mike P Connors. Very nice. You can find me on Twitter, TikTok, anywhere you want at Chun Two D Two. You can find the show on Twitter at Jedi Knights JC. That is Jedi Knights without a K. You can also find the audio version of the show that you're listening to right now on a variety of platforms. So maybe if you're thinking of switching from Spotify to Apple Music or if you just want to use Apple Podcasts because that's free, you can do that. You can do that. You can do so. Just look up Jedi Knights and you'll find us. Uh, Rating and reviewing is a quick and easy way to help the show out. Just tap five stars if you enjoy the conversation or leave a blurb. It's very brief. Very appreciated. And if you want to support the shows further, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash joyclicks and you want in $5 tiers. Five bucks, you get producer credit on every show produced at Joyclicks, like Jose Garcia and Aaron Easton. So thank you very much. Like Mike said, check out the Hall Game if you want to see two, well, five wonderful presentations, but two presentations that really sealed the deal from your favorite Jedis. Yes, yes, yes. Fine. Definitely check it out. Uh, we'll be back next week. More Andor. But until then, uh, we're fine. Everything's fine. How are you? May the force be with you. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You're right. Beep is up.